Welcome back to CII Radio. We're here at Ensuring Women's Futures Live 2018, the big conversation. Joining us now for a slightly smaller conversation is Rose St. Louis. Rose is Head of Partnership Development at Zurich. So Rose, you're hosting one of the workshop breakouts here today at Ensuring Women's Futures Live. Can you tell us a bit about that session, what you'll be covering? Yeah, sure. Really excited to be uh, co-hosting one of the sessions. We're looking at leadership and the career issues that women face. So how do you get a career on the table and how do you keep it on the table? So we'll be exploring things like um, recruitment, so entry level, getting women into the insurance industry and also mid-career recruitment, so around promotions and the kind of conversations that we need to have. We'll be looking at career breaks, so when women leave the workplace and how they come back into the workplace and can still have a career and have a future and still aspire for leadership. So it'll be a really good conversation, touching on things like gender pay gap probably and also um, flex working as well. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, And you chair Zurich UK's Women's Innovation Network. Uh, What does this network do? So the network at Zurich is, it's a gender network. um, And the the main philosophy of the network is to increase the female talent pipeline. Um, So I chair the network, we've got a vice chair, we've got two executive sponsors, both sit on the board, one male, one female. We have, um, it's a UK wide network. So um, we have 10 regional offices across the country um, and we make sure we do events that aren't just London centric. So we had an uh, an event in Glasgow, we had one in Leeds, we've got one in Birmingham in March. So it's really, really exciting. And there are three main pillars that um, underpin the network. It's career development, driving cultural change and... um, Oh, I always forget the other one. Career development, driving cultural change and networking and influencing. So um, people can be active members of the network or passive members of the network. But it's all about bringing like-minded people together who aspire to improving their career and for us as a business to be channeling female talent up that pipeline. How many people are in the network roughly? Through the UK we have over 700 members of the network. What I'm really proud to say is 20% of those members are men. Um, we also have ambassadors most of which are men within the within the network and we've had a real drive over the last 12 to 18 months to increase our male particip- participants. So we've gone from about 12% to um, 22% male membership um, of the, well, 20 to 22% depends, you know, when you calculate it, the figures go up and down month to month. But yeah, really, really proud of the male participation um, there. And Rose, you've seen the financial services profession from some different perspectives. You started off as a financial advisor before working for product providers latterly. What's your impression been of the role of women in insurance and financial services during that time? It's really interesting. Um, I would say during my 20 cough cough years within the industry and working in a multitude of roles, like you say, as a financial advisor through to um, outsourced investment processing, asset management and now an insurance company, the amount of women sitting in senior leadership positions has pretty much been the same. And that that equates to a very small amount. So I remember when I was a financial advisor, I'd go to conferences, male heavy. Um, I think what's what also hasn't changed is the what I would say what hasn't changed that much is the 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 treatment that women get within the industry. So being a salesperson in a predominantly male environment. Um, can be quite intimidating and certainly in the early stage of my career I wouldn't know how to manage some of the inappropriate language and inappropriate comments. Today they still happen 
today I can manage it better. And I think part of the reason of me being chair of the network at Zurich is to empower and encourage other women to be able to manage that better because it's it's unacceptable. Um, it's not funny. And unless you speak up and have a conversation to say and call out bad behaviour, it's going to continue. The um, strap line of today's event um, is big change means big conversation. What big conversations do you think we need to lead to change? I think big conversations that need to happen are those white elephant in the room conversations. So calling out bad behaviour. Um, when you look at, I, I think one of the wonderful conversations that we can have, certainly around this time, around gender pay gap, um, because it puts discrimination on the table. It puts other things on the table as well, because it's quite complex, the gender pay gap. Um, but it certainly puts discrimination on the table and forces us as a profession to, to deal with that. It forces employers as well as hiring managers and people through all levels of an organisation to challenge themselves around biases. And if they don't challenge themselves around biases, their companies will begin to challenge them. So there's nowhere to hide now. Um, so people who felt uncomfortable about having those conversations... And it is difficult to have conversations around bias. You know, no one wants to be labelled as a racist or a sexist or anything like that. But, you know, we all have them. And the sooner we accept we have them and understand what they are is the sooner we can move forward. And you mentioned the gender pay gap. Last year, as part of Zurich's workplace savings barometer, you commented on the impact of the gender pay gap on pension pots for women. So how serious an issue is that? It's it's a really serious issue. Um and the gender pensions gap, the piece of research off of the workplace savings barometer, is effectively the ripple effect of the of the gender pay gap. It's obvious to think that if a woman gets paid less money, she will have less in her pension pot. What was really interesting about that research is it looked at, um, it wasn't so much about the choice that women were making about how much they put into their pension because it was from the employer perspective. So it was based on the employer contribution into the pensions, comparing men with women. And the end result was a woman would uh, retire with a pension pot of £47,000 less than her male counterpart based on employer contributions. So that can that can be primarily because women are earning less money. So from a pounds and pence perspective, they get less in their pension pot. But equally, if they're taking time away from the workplace to have children or to be a primary carer for small children or for older parents, because now women do a lot of the caring and we are in the sandwich generation now, um, while they're away from work, typically they're not having any money going into their pension. So it leaves a void and therefore creates a, a gap between what's going to be in, in the pension pot of retirement. So it's a huge impact um, and it's a big problem. And, you know, it's definitely one of the the, the risks that women face. And, and hopefully we're here as a group to try and to mitigate or certainly reduce that gap. Rose, thank you for joining us on CIO Radio today. Before we let you go, where can we connect with you online? Are you on social media and things? I am on social media. Um, I've got a Twitter profile, so I'm Rose underscore St. Louis, and you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Brilliant. Thank you for joining us for this episode of CIO Radio. To find out more, you can visit cii.co.uk slash podcast, or you can find us on Twitter at CII Group. Please do use the hashtag IWFLive2018 with any questions or feedback you might have. And until next time, thank you for listening to CII Radio.